Hello, this is Matt. This is Jake. And welcome to Music Sucks. And I Want to Die. We have a very, very special episode. This is the first time in this podcast history that we have a guest on board. His name is Joe Kaufman, and he's the assistant principal bass player of the Seattle Symphony. Welcome, Joe. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, you bet. So, today's episode, as you might guess, is going to be mostly about classical music and how it fits into the modern audience and all whatever bullshit we can think of <laughs> when we get there. Um, well, before we get on and catch up, anything cool going on this week? No, I have, I, I have nothing no, cool going on in my entire life. I got a show. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? yeah. What you playing? What you playing? <laughs> yeah. Well, Jake has a show, too, yes, actually. Yes, I do. We've got a, uh, also, it's not cool. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm, I'm already, it's like one minute in, I'm already plugging something. Yeah, yeah. Plug away, yeah. dude. Uh, we have you. a show on September 7th with my ska band, The Seattleites, yeah. and oh. that's at... Uh, high dive. This will be Fremont. long gone by the time. Absolutely. That show will be long dead. Yeah, by the time it was. If you're hearing this now, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you missed out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's an album release show for the Thing EP, that's right. yeah. and uh, check it out. It's on vinyl. It's tight. And uh, I'm trying to think if I had anything interesting go on at all. Yeah. No. You got anything? Okay. <laughs> no. Life's boring. I guess. Tight. Let's talk about classical. Oh, right. <laughs> well, Joe, why don't you start off? Just Give us a little background on yourself, how you got started, okay, all that. Yeah. How drew you in? Well, I'm a bass player. I'm actually now, uh, as a correction to your introduction, I'm now the associate principal bass. Oh, gotcha. Wow. That's way cooler than assistant. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's not assistant to. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the associate of. So, anyway. Uh, I started playing bass when I was a kid. Orchestra, you know, elementary orchestra, and I just sort of kept it up through high school and never really thought much about doing anything until I got to college and decided it was kind of the one thing I really looked forward to doing and mm -hmm. just kept with it. Um, I went to college for a few years at the University of Utah and then I transferred to the University of North Texas, which is a big jazz school, but they actually are very well known to have a great bass, classical bass huh. department too. Yeah, didn't I didn't know, know bass yeah. was known for anything. Yeah, <laughs> and I studied with I studied with Jeff Bradetich. He's a big soloist and pedagogue, and he had a large studio, probably about fifty plus bass players, not all taught by him. He had some some teaching assistants that would do some of that work. Um, after that, I played with an orchestra down in Miami Beach, New World Symphony. Oh. Michael Tilson Thomas is the music director there, and promptly moved to Seattle after that. <coughs> and luckily, sort of, I, I don't know if it was luck or if it was just fate, or uh, I moved here without a job, and within a few weeks, ended up with a job with the Pacific Northwest Ballet Orchestra. Oh, oh sweet. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Took that audition and won it. And then about a year later, the symphony uh, section position opened up, Ooh. and I... I took that and I won that too. Wow! Well, I know. 100% success yeah. rate so far. <laughs> yeah, and then in, and then a couple of years later, the the assistant position opened up and I won that one too. So that was my trifecta. Wow! That was the, yeah, right. the golden triangle. Isn't so. it like a thing with like people who go like audition tours or whatever? It's like it takes them forever to actually land a position. There, that can happen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So think, you're just like you're way better than them. Or well, <laughs> I think part of it was that I love Seattle and I've always loved Seattle and mm -hmm. it was a place that I just wanted to be and I think the motivation there is uh -huh. pretty strong you know okay. if you're taking an audition for the Fort Wayne no, not, nothing against Fort Wayne <laughs> I'm sure it's a lovely place <laughs> Philharmonic it's not going to be as strong of a pull for you right or you know again no no disparaging any cities but like the audition I took before Seattle was Milwaukee 
Mm-hmm. Milwaukee's not a bad place, but I love Seattle. Yeah, Seattle's so, tight. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a great place. Yeah, it gives you that drive to get it. That's Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. So I think that was a big part of mm-hmm. me doing that. So this will be my 15th season oh, with wow. them. Okay. Yeah, I'm feeling it. My back, my back <laughs> is feeling it a little I mean, You bit. do play bass. So yeah, you know. yeah. It's a big instrument. Okay, so. cool. That's great. Yeah. So, you know, in your 15 years here then, have you noticed any changes in attendance? Like people coming, different types of people coming? I think anything like that? generally, broadly speaking, the attendance of the symphony has gotten younger, hmm. which is really... I think a, That's a positive yeah. change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because old people suck, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, some do, and some. Do. <laughs> yes, um, but some. There, I've met plenty of older people that are amazing. They just love it, and they have it sure, like revitalizes yeah. them, and it's mm-hmm. great. That's great. But you know, when I first started, we we're talking about the end of the the Gerard Schwartz years oh, yeah. with the symphony, and I love Jerry. He gave me a job. You know, he's he's a good guy. He's always been super nice to me. Um, but some of the people who may be detractors of him will say that he's he was just too staid and, and just like the very meat and potatoes traditional sure. classical repertoire mm-hmm. that never really strayed too much out, out of the box. Okay. Unless it was like the most modern stuff that he might do would be sort of the kind of American mid-century composers, you know, William Schumann and David mm, Diamond and okay. people like this, yeah. but did we ever touch any Steve Reich? <laughs> no, we never did any of that. We hardly ever did any John Adams. Nope. You know, those are and those are big yeah, he's composers. A stable, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. those aren't just new music. Yeah, composers. That's, that's they are now, just yeah, it's hardly yeah, new at this point. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, of course, the audience is going to reflect that, right? Sure. They're going to they're going to see that. Oh, it's it gets uh, you know. It's Mendelssohn Symphony Number no. Three again, so let's let's go to that, right. and, and you know, we try to stride a good line between. I think we've tried really hard to stride a good line between cl- the classical stuff and making sure to always sort of curate new things for people to to be able to experience. That's so great, I think the audiences have reflected that mm-hmm. by becoming younger, and in some ways, you know, it's kind of a hip date. You know, a lot of people yeah. are coming for for dates, yeah, and a lot of yeah. people are coming to like dress well and be seen and it's there's always a lot of people there and it's mm-hmm. it's, it's a good like night out Fraser yeah absolutely day, Fraser level totally yeah. totally yeah. tweed jackets yeah. and the uh-huh. like uh-huh. yeah With the patches <laughs> on the elbows maybe? Yeah. yeah exactly yeah. yeah no but one of the things i really appreciated when ludovic morlow came in he was our, our he just left as music director after eight years is that he encouraged people to just come as they were so no hmm. one was expected to oh cool Dress no, up heavy. Yeah, you didn't have to follow any sort of traditional protocol. That's great. Yeah. You can come in and you can experience it how you want to experience mm-hmm. it. And we, I think we tried to find many different ways right. to explore that with the audience so that they have different mm-hmm. different ways of doing that. Yeah. Especially for like a major symphony, I feel like that's really cool. Absolutely. You can sort of lead the way on that a bit. Absolutely. Yeah, we're trying to be sort of innovative in how we can mm-hmm. reach people. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. How does uh, how do like pops fit into that at all? Like, pops is a pretty main part of any symphony yeah. season. Um, when I first started pops, a lot of the time I would say like eighty to ninety percent of the time was a program of either you know nineteen forties and fifty nostalgia sort of stuff. Okay. Occasionally you'd get like a Beatles 
kind of oh, thing. Yeah. Ooh, hang on. You get <laughs> heavy. Now. Right. You get, you get sort of um, not the most sophisticated programming. Sometimes we did have a period where Marvin Hamlish was our pops music director, and Marvin Hamlish is kind of a god as okay. far as as far as you know, uh, popular music, mm. you know, musicals and stuff. A lot of mu things that we did came from musicals. Okay. And now it's starting to become what you see a, a lot of the time now is movie scores. Oh, yeah. That's really the probably the bulk of, of the pops programming now. Like Jake did some things with us mm -hmm. this year. Some, what was it, Jurassic Park? Yeah, did some Jurassic Park, did Pixar and Pixar concert, and concert Harry Potter. Harry Potter, yeah, those are all great. And audiences... They go insane. They go insane. They lost their minds. Absolutely. <laughs> oh it's really God. fun. It's it's That's a cool. different feeling when you actually, that music is, you know, it's vibrating through you because you're in the same yeah. room. Yeah, you, feel, you can literally feel the bass speaker. section. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, there's uh, there's like this, in Harry Potter, there was like this flute solo oh, while this yeah. bird was flying through the, th through the air and oh, shit. Yeah. And uh, every time, like we did four shows of it, and every time he finished the solo, which was perfect every time. It was great. Jeffrey's yeah. awesome. And he finished the solo and cut off, and then the entire audience just go, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That was so It's dope. a wicked I mean, solo. That's cool. It's super it's fast. Yeah, it's hard yeah, solo. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they probably would never have noticed that just watching the movie by yeah, itself. In right? the movie, it's yeah. just sort of an incidental, sound yeah. effectual sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah. actually hearing and seeing someone pull that off mm -hmm. is pretty satisfying yeah it helps like connect, yeah. yeah it helps yeah. connect the yeah. audience for Absolutely. sure it's amazing. yeah so you mm -hmm. know this year we got a few things i think um we're doing a john williams movie um mm -hmm. retrospective yeah oh, i cool. think i think i'll be playing on that one okay actually. great cool the last time john williams was here was quite an experience oh is he coming for it john williams came uh, was it two years ago i think and he conducted the orchestra wow. and, and all of his own music and then at one point he turns around to the audience and says ladies and gentlemen Steven Spielberg. And we all oh, thought he was joking. And Steven Spielberg walked what? out. And he basically was the MC for the rest of the evening. Oh, my God. He talked about all these movies that he had made and how they wouldn't have been the same at all without John Williams. And he, he was quite eloquent. And it, the wow. audience was just enthralled. Oh, that's that's so amazing. cool. It yeah. was really cool. So John Williams is not coming this time, oh. but but it's going to be his music. Uh, I think we're doing a DreamWorks night also. Oh, cool. Yes. DreamWorks stuff. The other thing that, as far as pops, that we do is try to feature a certain artist. And we had done this in the past with a, a series called, um, oh, what was it called? I can't remember. You might have to edit this part out. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> uh, we did a series where we would feature certain artists that were from the Seattle area. Okay. So we'd do, you know, Kurt Cobain or, you know, all the uh, grunge stuff. Yeah, or okay. we would do Quincy Jones. Sir Mix-a-Lot. Mi we've done Sir Mix-a-Lot. <laughs> yes, indeed, because you can't talk about Seattle music without talking about <laughs> Sir Mix-a-Lot. Yeah, dude, what a pantheon. Yeah, right there. absolutely. Oh, what a like the drummer from Yes. Alan White, who's yeah. yeah. been involved in some things. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, we try to bring in local celebrity talent to collaborate with us which is cool that's really cool this year we've got a i think a three or four night stint with brandy carlisle doing shows with oh, the symphony wow. and she's yeah. am, she's amazing yeah she's an amazing person an amazing singer oh, that's cool. cool and usually she would come and do one maybe two shows but she's doing a full weekend with the symphony wow so that's gonna be fun Tight. Well, yeah. got a lot of cool stuff going on Absolutely. right now it sounds like yeah now do these pops like 
a lot of because I feel like the case in a lot of major symphonies or even other symphonies that pops kind of fund the other programs. Would you say that's kind of the experience mm, in Seattle? Yeah, it's. I think we're lucky in Seattle that we have a pretty open-minded audience, uh. and that's not the case in a lot of places. But you know, my friend Misha, who's a violinist in the orchestra, w a couple of years ago said, you know, it's interesting with the, this orchestra because. Most orchestras need pops to sort of subsidize their regular concert programming. Mm -hmm. And for us, it almost feels like we need our regular concert programming to subsidize <laughs> our <laughs> pops. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's actually, you know, we'll have some pops programs that, that don't do as well as they're sort of anticipated to do. Mm. And we'll have some sort of staple classical subscription programs that just, we just tear the roof off of the place really? and it's a completely full house. Huh. So. I feel, and I think the whole orchestra feels lucky that we're not sort of beholden to ha have to do extra pops as a means to sort of ba balance the bottom line, yeah. you know? And a lot of orchestras do have to do that. Um, I can't name any in particular <laughs> that I can, I can think of, but Call yeah. Call them out right now. Yeah. Yeah. Put yeah. you on blast. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all, it's, all for, it's all for, you know, ba like balancing the bottom line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, here it, it almost seems like it's an integral part of our programming where we can offer these things, like these movie night events. Right. It really is a great community. I would love to do that at an outdoor venue, actually, oh, that'd be somewhere, interesting. like going Ooh. out to a drive-in Drive-in movie Drive-in movie. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Whoa. That'd be really that'd cool. Be cool. I can't imagine in my brain how that would work, yeah. <laughs> but Wait, they'll find a way. It would be cool. That would get, be get like tight. a big amphitheater. Yeah. Yeah. White River Amphitheater yeah, host. Oh <laughs> I mean, yeah, as if the I'd sound's go, not bad enough go. there. Do you notice, um, you know, you know, classical concert music seems to always be losing popularity yeah. to the general public. But um, have you noticed that reflected in attendance? I mean, like you said, you have some that yeah, obviously bring out a lot more than others. But you know, I'm I can't say I'm not worried about mm -hmm. classical music and sort of its place and our sort of yeah. fast-paced lives of, mm -hmm. you know, media is just at your, literally at your fingertips yeah. at any point. Not just music, like, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. the video Anything. streaming. Yeah. Absolutely. God knows what. Yeah. yeah. I think that we're doing our best and every orchestra is doing their best to sort of, I think they're just trying to diversify, you know, they're trying right. to find different crowds in different places, mm -hmm. you know, really find a niche for everybody to fit into. And you know, really, on top of that, it's it's sort of about teaching people that classical music is actually all around them, more than they they think. Right. You know, from movies and television right, to right. video games to, mm -hmm. you know, like different events, like simple tunes that people whistle. Even it's like you know, those yeah. a lot of times those come from sort of classical repertoire, mm -hmm. and sort of making those connections with people, I think, is what. Yeah, it makes sense. Tends yeah. to draw them in yeah. a little bit. You know, Ludo's job as music director when he was here for the last eight years was to find those people and develop programming. So, um, you know, we had a different program that wasn't necessarily pops, but it wasn't really a subscription thing either. It was called Untitled, 
and these are sort of late night events. So you add the hipster element of, <laughs> of like starting it at 10, yeah. right? You can offer beer and wine and people yeah, can okay. sort of lounge around in the lobby, the grand oh. lobby. Oh, cool. Okay. And those, so those shows took place in the grand lobby rather than on stage. That's interesting. Cool. So you can sort of be around, yeah, you can yeah. walk around, you know, there's pillows on the it's ground. It's kind of like a social event maybe? Yeah, it's, a, it's like, a again, one of those places to sort of be seen. But the the music would often be really sort of, challenging stuff hmm. you know like we did a program last year of uh mm. barrio and boulez oh wow Ooh. yeah people yeah. are just walking around drinking listening to <laughs> <it>. absolutely <laughs> it's it's the and, and people were actually mesmerized by well, it i mean because again you're seeing yeah. these people actually do it live yeah. rather than hearing a recording mm -hmm. you know and the 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 boulez is a piece that very rarely gets performed mm. so you know for for the music geeks out there that see that on a thing yeah like, gonna, like, gonna, yeah like, i gotta go because otherwise i'm not gonna ever see it yeah you know so there's that audience too and they're here in seattle mm -hmm. you know? yeah i think the symphony is sort of half um museum in a way and half art gallery right okay. mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah. so you have to sort of balance this thing between you know giving people what they want right the mona lisa yeah yeah the Rembrandts yeah, and everything. The statues. <laughs> Absolutely. But then you also have to be this sort of art gallery that's curating new works, mm -hmm. things that you think are important by important composers or even less important composers that you know, maybe need an opportunity to have their voice heard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Definitely. I think John Luther Adams hadn't really sort of become extremely popular. Except for people like mistyping his name in Google. Of course, yeah, <laughs> they find John Adams. Yeah, yeah. that happens a lot. Yeah, and I mean, uh, the first time I was looking for a John Adams record, I saw this. Thing, I was like, "Who's John Luther Adams? <laughs> is that like, him? Is this is that the, the same, same guy? guy? Yeah. It's not." He I actually literally thought that till like three weeks ago. By yeah. the way, so I just want to point yeah. that out. He should have yeah. like a stage name, honestly. Yeah, yeah I know, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> just call him JL Adams. JL Adams. JLA. That would be perfect. Right. Call him JLA. JLA. If you're listening to this right now, dude. Yeah. JLA. You got to do it. You got to change it now. Yeah. We'll send, this, we'll, send this, we'll send this out to him later. Yeah, it's copyrighted already. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Send it into the patent yeah. office. Yeah. Oh, man. But, I mean, I think, you know, Become Ocean and Become Desert were two recordings that we did that were highly successful for us and for him, I think. You know, being able to help an artist and to help ourselves in a way <laughs> is, is always a good, good way to sort of approach it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, do audiences, like, come out for these modern works i guess it all depends on marketing at that point but marketing is part of it and again in seattle i think we have a pretty pretty edgy crowd of people sure. that yeah. are not afraid they're Ooh. not afraid and that's a good thing i mm -hmm. think you know you've got to be able to trust like the music director and i think when like when ludo started and it's going to be interesting to see how thomas dowsgaard our incoming mm -hmm. music director handles this is like establishing that trust between an audience and and an orchestra and of a conductor who is a big voice and what gets programmed. Mm -hmm. I think you have to establish it first and then really start to push the boundaries a little bit. Right. You know, so you can say, you know, one of Ludo's first programs that I was really struck by was when we did the Verez Amarique. And that was not something that we had ever done in Seattle Symphony and it got amazing reviews the audiences were huge and they loved it cool and that's not an easy piece to digest it's a big wild and woolly piece and i think once you hook someone with like that then you 
throw something else out there, they're going to say, well, you know, last time I really enjoyed this thing, so maybe I'm going to try again and see. <laughs> and, you know, you can't please everybody all the time. Sure. There's going to be times where it's going to just fall on its face. But yeah. it's part of the process. It's music right. in general, Yeah, really absolutely. Like yeah, any, any genre. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, establishing the trust, I think, is the big thing there. Because mm -hmm. if you have a music director who says, you know, well, I'm going to program this, but you're not going to enjoy it as much as I can because I can enjoy it on so many more levels. Right. Than you, you, you've just created this yeah. wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, totally. You've got to find a way to, to bring people in. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. that's really important. And in that note, I've noticed like the symphony because they do sponsored ads on my fucking Instagram oh, feed. Of course, <laughs> they've been doing a lot of like really trying to outreach to like places or places people will be every day. I just saw like this brass quintet on a ferry. Oh right, yeah, yeah, they did that event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which was edited very strangely. But I noticed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually kind of wondering about that. I mean, it seems like classical music, especially, is very sort of informed by the location like you're saying you mm -hmm. know being in the lobby and yeah. all that stuff and people are very venue dependent venue, venue yeah. dependent i wonder if you take something similar and put it at high dive or something <laughs> you right. know like just a random tuesday night will yeah. that, that audience reaction be the same going in you know i don't, I don't know there's you know? there have been events like that at the royal room mm -hmm. over in south mm -hmm. seattle yeah the it's the north what is it north corner chamber orchestra or something like this yeah, that's done like some yeah. yeah they've done some shows there and they sound great. They're a really good little chamber sure. orchestra. Do I love listening it to it in a bar? Right. Not really. Yeah, it's yeah, tougher, it's yeah. probably not. I, you know. I have to say, like, I get the idea of why people would that would appeal to people. Mostly, it's because they want to swill some alcohol <laughs> listening to something. I think that's the main reason. For sure, yeah. But I don't think it's the most conducive place. Partly because of the acoustics. Of yeah. The yeah. The volume yeah. level in general. Will be volume lower. level yeah. is mm -hmm. funny. People feel like they can't sort of talk where they re they yeah. would at a bar, mm -hmm. you know. And then you get the the bartender who's like running a, a whole dishwasher yeah, full of glasses, right. and, uh -huh. and, and then they're like throwing shit into the yeah. ice tray or whatever. Yeah, it's they like just <laughs> cashed out a bottle of Jim Beam, and so they clank it in the <laughs> exactly. bottle. Exactly. Well, there goes that. Yeah. There goes that sweet uh, violence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so mean, I dig the idea. Mm -hmm. I just think there's got to be a way to to make it enjoyable. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, it seems. In that sense, too, it's more of an event if you do, do go to these things because, you know, you can right. go see a rock band any night in any venue here in Seattle. Right. Yeah. But you can't really do that with classical music. You have to specifically look for it. You have this to search, search it out. Yeah, yeah, find out what's happening. Yeah. And you look at the stranger at the two-line little thing hey, about yeah. exactly. classical <laughs> happenings mm -hmm. over the next yeah, there's few like, weeks. There's like nothing. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. there's going to be a ballet thing. There's going to be a that's – even not, that's not included in classical. It's included in dance. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But – the opera and then the symphony mm -hmm. and then s if there's any chamber music over at u-dub or piano recital or right, something like right. that those are the main things so i think it's, it's cool that the symphony is trying to they're just trying to be present yeah rather mm -hmm. than having trying everybody to reach out into people's yeah. lives yeah mm -hmm. yeah so the fairy thing was cool yeah you know i think i would have gone nuts if i saw that on a fairy because awesome. cool. fairy rides drive me insane yeah <laughs> so if they i heard that because they did like the little announcement oh i the saw PA, yeah like, that's right burr, 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 the seattle symphony is on the lido yeah but i would have been i would have like oh shit yeah. i would have had to jam my ass up there yeah totally yeah and they sound great they're like world-class brass players absolutely they're amazing yeah it was really funny yeah. that recording that they just dubbed over the video was like clearly just not unbelievable. Yeah, it was, it was really. so candid. So <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yeah. But the, I would love to have heard that live. Yeah, just events like that. I feel yeah. like are really helpful. It's a great idea. I think yeah. there have been some events that we do over at. Um, I don't know if this is a symphony event or if it's just sort of um, 
curated by a member of the orchestra, but we do have some chamber music things at Capital Cider. Oh, mm. cool! Occasionally, okay. so that we'll do like a little spot for that. Actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, some like little, you know, duets and trios of mm. usually again some more sort of modern, right, right, sort of edgy stuff. Probably not going to hear a Brahms piano trio. Sure, there, sure. Well, that would be weird at that area, yeah. probably. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess the same thing. It's like not like a rock band's going to go play in some like small cafe or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Amps, there, you know? Yeah, there's lots of music that's made yeah, independent or, yeah. you know, context-specific, mm-hmm. I guess is yeah. a better way to put it. There's one thing that I've always – and I've, I've asked them if they were interested in doing this, and they – have said yes, but then they don't do anything. And <laughs> I feel like it would be a really cool idea since right down the street from us is one of the largest independent record labels in mm-hmm. the country, right? You got Sub Pop. Mm-hmm. And you listen to su- a lot of Sub Pop records and there's quite a few occasions where there's a, either you know a string yeah. instrument or a woodwind or a brass mm-hmm. thing or some different percussion. How cool would it be to develop a partnership with Sub pop. That would be great. And just yeah. have them say, "Hey, listen, we got this band coming in, and they need this and this. Like, they need a French horn, they need an English horn, and they need a trombone That'd for be this awesome. thing." And they can say, "Well, we'll s- we can call around, have them come over, and and then you know, they we cross pollinate with yeah. the, with that sort of thing." I yeah. think that would be another great way to sort of get us out in the community. I mean, that that sound that does sound like a great idea, yeah. but I feel like these things on a producer level are pretty. Uh, a lot of these things are easily replaced by VSTs yeah, now. And well, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Barracks did a gig like a year ago at the Crocodile when we had a string quartet on stage. Oh, uh, yeah. You had mm-hmm. Nathan Shant. Was that? Uh, actually, that? I don't know if Nathan was on okay. that one. Yeah, I don't he, think was, he was on the track. Oh, he did. Yeah, he guessed it with us. That was a great one. There's yeah. a separate one where I, I think it was some symphony people, but I, I forget who. But three bands playing, they all each one had a couple songs that they arranged. That's great. For, like a string oh, quartet cool, with them. I think that's really cool. It was super cool. And like, just you can actually hear our songs like so different then too. It's like, yeah, wow, I never would have like absolutely. went yeah. there or heard a whole, that. Whole new that, character. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was really cool. And yeah, yeah that's dimension. the only time I've ever seen that or done that. Yeah, I think it would be fun. Mm-hmm. I'd love to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. As a bass player, it's harder for me to actually do it because most bands already have a bass True. player. Yeah. So <laughs> there's not a whole lot of... Right. Well, you never know though. Some bands, you know, might want that sweet, upright, pizzicato sound. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. done some of that with... There's a band called The Low Hums that I did a recording with, their first record. And it was with um, Jonas Haskins was playing electric bass. And cool. then I played upright, bowed bass on oh, it. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, It was cool. Mm-hmm. It kinda, I mean, it was some low hums for mm-hmm. sure. Low frequencies. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good band, though. Yeah, speaking of that, I know you like have the Seattle Lights, but you know, besides that, do you do a lot of different stuff outside the classical world? Or are you I more just? just I don't have too much time. Yeah, I wish I had more time to do mm-hmm. it. Like, my weekends are pretty much filled with the symphony things, right. and if they're not filled with that, I'm trying to fill it with a a Seattle Lights gig if right. I can, or you know, also just hanging out with my family because yeah, you know, that's, yeah. that's sort of a yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, like, hey kids, you're like a foot taller than the last time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but they, you know, it's it, sort of for me the only real downside at this point in my life is that I do work nights and weekends. Yeah, and those are yeah. the prime times to, to hang, hang out, out with, with kids and and the family and everything. So. That is that is kind of complicated, but we we work around it. Mm-hmm. We're, we we stay connected. There you go, listeners. No matter how successful you get, yeah, it still kind of sucks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Honestly, yeah. if you got like super successful, it might suck more. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm pretty sure there's exactly. a pretty sure there's, there's a time a... where the suckage starts to increase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but, you know, how about moving forward? What do you see happening in Seattle Symphony or just symphony music in general? Well, any ideas? Anything? Specifically with Seattle Symphony, I yeah. think, you know, I'm looking forward to starting this season with the new music director. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting to see where he takes us. He's a super talented guy. I, I like him. I can't speak on behalf of everybody, but I think the majority of people in the orchestra think he's going to be a really good choice for us. You know, he's he's a stickler. He's a, he pays a lot of attention to detail, and he refuses to take no for an answer. Okay. If, if you cool. if you don't do something the way he would like it, he's going to keep. He's not going to harass you, and he's not going to verbally beat you up. But he will say let's do it again yeah let's do it again. okay so he'll, he'll just right. make it happen he'll yeah. make it happen mm -hmm. and, and then sheer willpower and the beautiful thing is that once it does happen he's extremely thankful and oh, gracious okay, okay, cool. yeah. he and he you know he'll give us like a big thumbs up or a big smile and he could be like okay so that's how he wants it for the show that's yeah. how i'm gonna do it for the show and Got there's it. no question <laughs> so gonna, he sounds like a normal person yeah he's <laughs> a he's <laughs> a he seems like a pretty normal i mean as normal as a conductor can get that's right. all yeah. i can see yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. How long was uh, how long was Ludo here? Eight seasons. Eight seasons. Yeah. Okay. So, mm -hmm. yeah, he had a he had started with a, I believe a, a six year um, contract, and then it was extended for two more years, and then he he moved on, and he did great things with us, you know, ensemble wise. He built the size of the orchestra too. We have fourth winds now, oh. which is a big deal to actually try to contractually add members of an orchestra. Oh, yeah. It's a tough thing to do. So we pulled that off. That's great. Because with our orchestra, we do split into two orchestras quite often. Mm -hmm. And half the orchestra will do opera. And the other half will do maybe like a, a Baroque or classical Mozart, Haydn sort of program. You know, smaller string section. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to have the extra wins because you've got two sets of principles. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. But, you know, moving forward, this season is going to be fun to see, like, where Thomas takes us and, and how he works sort of with ensemble. I think any orchestra can always kind of go back and say, how can we make our ensemble sure, better? Sure, yeah, yeah you know? definitely. So, yeah. well, how about, like, you know, years to come now, maybe, like, repertoire-wise, as you get new generations in and perhaps lose some of the older mm -hmm. generations... Do you think maybe this will shift more towards the art gallery side as opposed to the museum side? Or do you think question. that will always be kind of half and half? That's what it feels like to me it'll always be. You'll have to have a balance of some Sure, things. sure. I mean, I, yeah, they're going to play yeah. Beethoven no yeah, exactly. what, forever. You're, you're right? going to hear yeah. that Ode to Joy every Christmas. Of yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 Although this year we're not doing it for Christmas. Whoa, no, it's coming. Oh, it's <laughs> the times are changing already. Yeah, I know. Things are shifting. I can't Holy believe it. Unfortunately, you are still going to hear uh, Oh, you're going to hear it. Yeah. You're <laughs> gonna hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Just not at Christmas. Yeah, I got yeah. you. I think we're doing it at the end of the season. I think it's in, is it like June or something? Maybe we're doing a Beethoven festival. Yeah, there okay. You and it's all nine symphonies over the course of three weeks. Oh, Jesus. Wow. And they're going to be paired with some premieres, some new pieces. Oh, cool. So we're trying to, again, yeah, just get that mix go with that, mm -hmm. that mix of trying to introduce new things and also, well, I mean, Pay attention to the. I mean, sense, Beethoven. Yeah. You can't. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beethoven. Yeah, everyone. Your mom knows who that is. Yeah. It's right. easy marketing. Well, you know, half this music's been played for hundreds of years consistently, right? Yeah. And, like, and who's to say it's going to stop anytime soon? Yeah. And also, the music doesn't suck. True. There's that. It definitely does not suck. <laughs> as far as like programming goes, like when you put, say, a modern piece onto this uh, on your Beethoven program, yeah. is it going to be like? Because classical music can get 
or whatever that word means, can get very weird now. Mm-hmm. When, what do you do? What do you think? Do you have any insights into programming on these modern pieces? Meaning, like, do they get really weird before then? Get, you want to, like, yeah, make drastic yeah. Yeah, swings between the two things. Mm-hmm. I think it's important. I, and then we've done this with uh, commissions that we've we've done, is to say, okay, we'd like you to write a piece, but we'd like you to write it not necessarily in the style of, but sort of in response to other pieces of, of music. Okay. Um, there's um, this composer, Durand. Yeah, you know, he, yeah, he just Durand. did those based on the Debussy. Exactly, right? yeah. yeah. And so he sort of based loosely his orchestration and sort of tonal language to Debussy, but it was clearly his, right. his voice. Hmm. But it, it was fit beautifully in a concert with... Um, well, we play some some WC and Ravel, I think, uh, in that program. Uh-huh. So it was a nice sort of reflection on on oh, that stuff, and really I think cool. that that's a good way to do it. Yeah, I think there's a. I think orchestras that do it successfully try to find connections between, they try to build bridges between the pieces. Right. Gotcha. If right. you just sort of like plug this in and this in, <laughs> you know the yeah. Here's some stock house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Do you know the 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 orchestral expression the shit sandwich <laughs> yeah you know, I, yeah. You know I'm talking I don't about? Think that's, no, that's yeah, not we, just an orchestral yeah one, yeah it's true it's yeah but yeah it's just in classical music it lasts longer it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's a big ass yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah you know you start with like a very tame overture or, or sure. you know fi- like a gershwin over yeah or overture like you got or something. your Brahms, yeah 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 and then you do something really weird. <laughs> it's just like nowhere in the ballpark. Oh. And, and then, then you take intermission. And then, and then you take the intermission because on the second half is the piece that everybody right. can't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you right. sort of hold them hostage in a way. <laughs> and I don't, I don't always love that. But then the, the other version is the open face shit sandwich, <laughs> which is just the first half is all weird and the second half is is the oh the I thing. see the tuna melt. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fan yeah. fucking tastic. Only with poop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well then yeah it seems like this you know strategic programming makes sense yeah i mean like, you have to do it if you want to keep people yeah. there all right well it's you not know, like this you weird have, stuff comes yeah. out of nowhere too i mean there's history behind it too right. it's coming from this other music absolutely you know? it's yes yeah, called show business yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah i mean if you put long long uh, like first on a program and then you take an intermission the whole audience is going to get in their car and yeah, they're dipping because they <laughs> got their money. Yeah, they yeah. saw what they wanted to see. They're not going to stay for for this and that. You know, maybe yeah. maybe some will, and hopefully they do. But really, you have to sort of make it strategic. Yeah, in a way, in order to yeah. keep mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. in their chairs. Yeah. Here's an interesting question, though. Do you foresee? Say, like, you have your Beethovens and your whatever. Do you foresee any names from the 20th century and beyond becoming those kind of names in the future? With, I think maybe with the increase of amount of media that people are exposed to, maybe it won't be as – those names won't be as solidified in a couple hundred right. years or whatever. Mm. I mean, they definitely all – I think the, the difference now with composers is they all sort of search for their own voice. Whereas I, – and I can't say that that's not the case with the, you know, the Beethovens and Brahmses of mm-hmm. the world, but – Unfortunately for them, their aesthetic sort of scope was a little bit, you know, it was, yeah. the lens was not as big. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Which comes with so the time, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about Mozart. I mean, the, the creativity that that guy had mm-hmm. and the amount of music, musical output that he created was staggering. Yeah. yeah. But he was so pigeonholed into this 
you know, mm-hmm. Viennese, right. Cla- very classical, classical style, everything. Yeah. If it diverged from there, it would just be unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Imagine if he had lived 20 more years and, and like around the time Into when, the when Be- yeah. Beethoven wrote Third Symphony, you know, yeah, these, yeah. these things, what Mozart oh, could have done. Yeah. You oh never God, know. That would have been tight, yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be know? interesting. But then you have someone like Schubert that comes along, and it's sort of like, in a way, it's sort of a logical extension of Mozart, mm-hmm. with more, more um, varied harmonic language and yeah, everything. Yeah, bigger textures. Absolutely. Yeah. But so now you have composers, and they're all really interested in, and not it's not a bad thing, but they want to find their voice. So mm-hmm. you, to me, when you think about people who are going to sort of stand the test of time, John Adams clearly comes to mind, mm-hmm. as you know, he's created not only created, you know, he was part of the minimalist movement, mm-hmm. but th- he doesn't do that anymore. No, right. now, he branched yeah, out, yeah. Absolutely. He created something new and interesting for himself, but you always kind of know that it's John Adams just by sure, the way yeah. he scores things. Yeah. And, and, you know, the rhythmic sort of impulses of John Adams are... Very prevalent, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's really s- tough stuff to read, actually. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. But then... You know, also Steve Reich is in there, and yeah. he's again another minimalist. Um, Aaron J. Kernis is a really great composer that I like a lot. He just wrote a violin concerto for James Ennis that we did mm-hmm. a couple seasons ago, and Jimmy won a Grammy for That's that. That's right, I heard about yeah, that. Yeah, that was great, and it's an amazing. It's concerto. Good? It's one of the best violin concertos I've ever heard. Really? Okay. Yeah, cool. it's, it's amazing. Would you say it has like a particular? Is it modern, like postmodern? Like it's you, uh, if you tried to put it in into a box. It's tough to put it into a box. It's just interesting music. I wouldn't. It's not hard to listen to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not. So it's not like your crumb. You no, know, like it's not something where you're just listening to like a piccolo player play like twenty seconds of of one single note right. and then there's <laughs> 10 seconds of silence and then you hear sure. like a drum go bop <laughs> you know it's it's really interesting it's it Ooh. keeps your attention the whole time and of course like James Ennis is my favorite violinist of all time oh, he's, okay, yeah. he's an amazing soloist and also a really nice guy um, <clears throat> but he played that piece with so much I mean, technically it's it's wicked. I believe that, but yeah. But he played every single note with such beauty mm. and warmth. Everything meant something to Jimmy. And, it, you know, as as a person who's just learning a brand new concerto and finding all that meaning in the yeah. piece, mm-hmm. that to me is where the poetry is. Like, yeah, of course, Aaron wrote it, but what Jimmy could do with it on the first go through, yeah, you know, right. he really, so I'm sure. take it by whole. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure he's still searching. You know, I'm mm-hmm. sure there are parts where he's not, sure if that's what he wanted to do mm-hmm. or not but so I think Aaron J. Curtis is a pretty important composer I mean there's a, there's so many people now it's hard to say yeah so know. many different styles to keep track of yeah just absolutely. so many angles you can come from yep yeah, yeah people that include electronic stuff right. you yep. know right. Mason Bates right now is kind of mm-hmm. a big deal and we did uh, a bunch of stuff with Mason the summer with the Sun Valley Summer Orchestra that I that I do, we did a, um, a few pieces of his, and Mason plays the electronic parts, mm-hmm. so he's kind of in the back by the Ooh, percussion gotcha. section, being like DJ with his little <laughs> yeah. his pad and like. God, please tell me he scratches <laughs> during the concert. <laughs> he doesn't do any scratch. He's just got all these like cool samples and 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 little. And, oh, we did a piece. Um, can't for the life of me think of the name of it, but it was about the. JFK's moonshot speech, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of cool little quotes mm. that he triggers oh, during s- yeah, the piece. Yeah, triggers a sample. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, that's that's kind of a cool idea, mm-hmm. newer totally. idea. Some people like it, some people sure. don't, right? Yeah. So and we see that in any genre too. It's like so much fusion of different. Yeah. 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 You know, stuff coming in. And yeah. It's a melting pot. Yeah. As it it's yeah. A, yeah. There's a lot yeah. of experimentation right now, and yeah. absolutely it'll be interesting to see what kind of sticks and yeah, makes it through all that. Be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if we consolidate to any point. I'm almost well, saying no. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's just gonna get exponentially more diverse yeah that's yeah. what it you feels know? like yeah I seems think that way people and hopefully if we keep putting out good music as opposed <laughs> well, to <laughs> i mean i mean to, to make sure there's enough good music yeah. to counteract the yes. really terrible music right mm-hmm. and the good music will make it through the years absolutely the ba- in theory and theoretically the bad music will die yeah. yeah and hopefully people's ears will become more attuned to sure those yeah. Yeah. yeah i would imagine that you would know. happen yeah yeah because as far as like you know you can say that people listen to worse music than they did 20 years ago it's probably not true but yeah. there's always been bad music. Yeah, exactly. exactly there's always been bad music exactly. and like with all these forms of media people are also tempted to say that music which monetarily yes it's less valuable than it ever was mm. but like people still need like listen to music as part of their daily life oh, you yeah. know mm-hmm. they put it on going to work they listen to it at home still I know yeah. people that still turn on music that aren't musicians. Well, that's part of their identity for most people. Yeah, yeah for a large, yeah, like yeah. the music they like, they'll yeah. try and defend it. Yeah, yeah. My, yeah. The one accomplishment that I can be proud of as a parent is that my kids put on at least one record <laughs> a day. There you go. Like yeah. they, I taught them how to put a record on. Oh, there. nice. Yeah. yeah. Get it on there. Yeah. So they'll they'll always like go grab something and put it on. Oh, very cool. That's really cool. So now it's just my job to make sure they have got good records <laughs> to listen to. Well, here's a confession though: is that I've only s- operated a turntable once in my life and i'm pretty sure i like broke you broke vinyl. it yeah oh shit. Yeah. now yeah. i don't think i like broke it in half or whatever yeah, like, i think i just like created like yeah an indent it. on it yeah oh, yeah yeah so uh i'm one of the bad people yes Jay. Shame on exactly you, exactly <laughs> I, have, I have my very organized hard drive of mp3s yeah and i know even if i say mp3s people are gonna start commenting on this and be like ah, you don't use fucking uh flac files yeah right right, right. yeah yeah, no, fuck yourself. But uh, <laughs> I, I did. I bro. did help a friend of mine move that had a bunch of records, and I can yeah, see why people yeah, don't yeah. do yeah. Fuck that shit. Yeah, yeah that's fair. It's the God, worst. Did, it's the worst. You just moved. Did you get rid of your finals? No, I kept them all. I moved them all. But you got rid of your CDs. I did get rid of my CDs. Yeah, Look at those biceps. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these can't handle CDs, guys. Exactly. Yeah, dude. Got to hit the gym for that shit. No, I don't have that many records uh, comparatively to. Like parents' record collections or anything, True, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. My, yeah, my dad has like an entire closet, right? Of it, yeah. it was still quite a few boxes of really yeah. heavy mm-hmm. fucking vinyl, and it's yeah. really heavy, yeah, yeah. But it does, there's something about sitting down, putting it on, it's really nice. Drop the a art, needle, being yeah. able to see the artwork, and mm-hmm. the dude, yeah. that's we talked about that yeah. literally yeah. like yeah. two episodes ago. It's like there's something about holding just a giant piece of artwork connected yeah. to this music mm-hmm. in your hands that's yeah. just really nice. Like with the Seattle, we got the Seattleites record. Oh, just finished. Yeah, and it's a ten-inch EP, so it's oh, like a really kind of cool. middle, middle-sized guy. But yeah. just to actually have that in my hands is That's kind of a feeling cool. of accomplishment. It, exactly, and it looks beautiful. Like yeah. the artwork on the front is perfect. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any improvements. There is one thing on the back that I find is really funny. So if Matt will just give me that back now. I'm still looking. Oh, oh okay. The, the credits for the. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> my favorite thing is all songs written. So this is a six-track EP. Uh-huh. It says all songs written arranged by Joe Kaufman, except for Sidewander, Starry Night, and Freedom Jazz Dance. Yeah. So it's so like half. all songs arranged by Joe Kaufman, so. except for half of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it would have taken I mean, a couple extra lines to put yeah. credits for each individual. Song. True. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I I totally am there. It is funny. I, it I'll is. at least try to write more than half for next time. 
yeah. <laughs> but it was it, it made yeah. me happy. But yeah, this I play on this album. I can vouch for it. It's pretty tight. Yeah. It sounds, Jake sounds great on it. It sounds yeah. great, dude. It sounds literally just like a '60s ska record, but with enough production quality to make you not want to kill yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. clear. It's yeah. nice. Oh, cool. You can hear yeah. all the voices. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We'll have to yeah, give that a cool. listen then, or Absolutely. give it a spin. Spin. Whoa. Give it a little spin. <laughs> Damn. All right. Well, we've gotten pretty far off topic, but uh, I think that's okay. I think we covered a lot, but any final thoughts? Anything we missed? Uh, can't yeah, think of anything. Um, yeah, I was going to... S- nope, never mind. I can't think of anything. I lied. <laughs> See, there's something else we might edit later. Let me look through my cheat sheet. Yeah, let's really through the cheat sheet. Meanwhile, we'll give you very entertaining background anecdotal evidence about classical music for instance i don't know <laughs> oh i should mention actually john adams is going to be here this year with the symphony oh, oh yeah. when he's going to be conducting his own music april 16th through the 19th oh, okay he's going to do a short ride in a fast machine oh yeah yeah or as a critic once called it a long walk off a short pier <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome then there's an oh there's this new piece that he wrote it's a piano concerto and the piano concerto is called must the devil have all the good tunes <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's with good. jeremy dank on piano <laughs> and then uh city noir so that should be a good show mm-hmm. just cool, speaking yeah. of john adams yeah. earlier so but i might mention that yeah that's tight but yeah i would say if you're going to visit the symphony at all this season anything that thomas dowsgaard is conducting you're bound to enjoy it sweet nice. yeah, yeah i was gonna really to try think. and go to shows this year yeah i mean he's doing Mahler one He's doing rock on of second symphony. Mahler one's like his first series of performances, right? Besides, yeah, that's besides like the grand opening, one, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he's doing the Rite of Spring this year. Dude, I'm going to that shit. Yeah, that's. In I haven't November. seen a live performance of that yet. That's, that's fun. Obviously, yeah. you know, it's your favorite. You have to include it yeah. on your favorite pieces, right, right. whatever. Because it's a great. Because it's incredible. Yeah, and Over- I'm sure. No, I'm <laughs> Fuck yourself. Yeah, I'm sure Thomas will do something. Extra special with that, for oh, sure. Cool. Yeah, and yeah. we're doing Nielsen 1. He's going to do a whole Nielsen cycle with oh, us. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we've recorded three and four so far. I think there are six, maybe, if Ooh. I'm not mistaken. It's really hard string writing. I can't attest to anybody else, but yeah, <laughs> it's always rough yeah. and beautiful. I love Nielsen. So, yeah, try to check it out. Nice. Sweet. A lot of good stuff coming up. Well, yeah. Should we move on to oh, everyone's yeah. favorite, the rant of the week? The rant of the week. Uh, I have to look at my calendar for my rants because I don't remember anything anymore. I'll go first because yeah. I had a good one. Oh, do you one. got one? Yes, I uh, played at Amazon earlier this week, which for some reason they have musicians play there yeah. in like the lobby area. So I've done it a couple times, and of course no one listens to you, and they're just walking by in your background music, but mm-hmm. it's a gig, whatever. But this is the first time I was in Bellevue doing it, mm-hmm. and for some reason they have it right next to the reception desk, but it's like it's like there's a wall between it, but I don't know. Apparently... It was a guitar. It was me playing guitar and a singer, and I turned down so much, and they keep like, "You're too loud. You're too loud." Like constantly, I, it got to the point where I didn't like. There was no point in having an amp. Yeah, you didn't even have. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm playing electric, so yeah, exactly. Like, we're at this level right now. Yeah, and I just don't. I just don't understand that place, man. <laughs> like, people are why? trying. To, people are trying to text, man. Yeah, yeah dude, guess, you're, you're getting in the way of their life. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> just what's the point? It's like, yeah. and I get that this is your culture, but like, yeah, your they, you don't care. No one here yeah, cares. Exactly. <laughs> their culture is not music. Really. I've yeah. seen people complain about that gig. I know that like that's kind of a rotating cast of people that come. Yeah, and do that yeah. Thing, and people complaining about it, like. They don't get paid. Oh, I haven't had that problem yet, okay. at least. But the people, Amazon has asked them to do it for free, and I'm thinking, oh, like, that's why bullshit. Would it that is bullshit. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking you do? about. Yeah. yeah, it's when they had like this. Uh, they had an idea to do uh, video concerts with um, certain bands. They had them put up with some great lighting and on a nice stage, 
and but for Amazon employees and their guests only. Okay. So it's a private gig, but with video videographer and uh, lighting and sound. But they wanted you to do it for free, and I remember just seeing this Facebook post of hell oh, man, for like I nine thousand jillion comments, being like, "You guys are fucking idiots." Yeah, yeah. What but the did, hell? did they? Did, were they going to give them the the media that they captured? Uh, yes. Only if you have a Prime membership, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I can see where to, that yeah. is of some value. Yeah, it is. But, yeah. but it's Amazon. It's a- yeah. Exactly. They, they got so some much money. money. Yeah. Yeah. You have so much fucking money. Like, can you just throw them a hundred bucks yeah. each? A hundred bucks Come each on. is nothing. I know. If you want to be part of the city, like. And so if not, much. open it up to the public. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let them drop on their own fan base as well. $100 is like what you find on the top side of, underside of like a garbage lid at the Amazon. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, it's got stuck there with that yogurt yeah, cup. Jeff Bezos oh. wipes his ass with $100 bills. Yeah. <laughs> but crazy part too about this Amazon gig is the first one I did with the singer, um, at the end, she's like, I have some CDs for sale. And the person came up to us and they're like, you can't sell stuff here. Oh, yeah. This is Amazon. We have to buy, yeah, and it's have like, to buy it through us first. Uh, what the <laughs> yeah. hell, God. people? Damn it. God. Oh. That's the thing about Amazon mm-hmm. is that it sucks. <laughs> that is the thing. God, I want to put that on a quote yeah. somewhere. That was great. Uh, do you have any special I symphony just, type rants? I'm trying or? to think, man. I've done sort of off-season. So. Yeah, True, yeah. 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 You might have to follow up with yeah. follow up with me a couple of weeks. I'll have something. All right, all right. We'll let you write in or something. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. We'll let you comment on our Facebook okay, post. I'll do that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I don't really have any rants. It's literally the same rant I had last week is where, you know, I drive six shit zillion hours, go play a gig for one hour, go drive back, and then I wake up at the crack of dawn and do another shitty gig. Are you like doing your cost benefit ratio? Or are you making like a- <laughs> Yeah, no, I my hourly rate is not okay. great on yeah, those. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> it's uh let's see. Do you get mileage? You don't get mileage. Well right? I write off my mileage. You do, yeah. yeah. So I uh I don't Where did you go this weekend? Uh, I went to Orcas Island, which okay. the gig was fun. The rehearsal <laughs> Okay, never mind, I have a rent. I yeah, like it. So <laughs> this rehearsal we get the, I take the noon sailing to Orcas, and those ferries are really stressful. I don't know if you guys have any yeah, experience with them. Giant nightmare. So you get your reservation like two weeks in advance, then two days Ooh, in advance. Geez. Technically, you're supposed to do two months as well, so you just have to reconfirm three times. Wow. It's, Why? I, <laughs> it's just like if you get the ticket, you're on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. It's insanity. But like, so I uh, get across there. Uh, the idea is to have rehearsal from uh, 2.30 to 4.30. And the show at 7, so you have some time in between. I get there at 2. Load into 2. It's fine. Yep. And uh, 2.30, about half the band is there. Uh-huh. About 3 o'clock, we start rehearsal. It's just like, you know, half hour. is like, oh, God damn it. Yeah. But rehearsal goes for four hours. Oh, my How? God. For two sets of jazz. How? With people that are really good. This is like a, you know, they call them the off-island all-stars for the marketing up there. But, like, it's a bunch of really experienced Seattle jazz musicians Who's playing. leading the, like, just the band leader wanted to rehearse Yeah, the band bunch? leader needs to rehearse a bunch of stuff. He, he, we were basically doing his arrangements for him on the fly. Oh, okay. God. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I like the guy. He's pretty awesome. And uh, he's a great flute-slash-clarinet player in the jazz realm. But, man. Four hours is a long four time. Four hours is a long And then rehearsal. you had to play. And then we had to play for yeah. two hours. Cool. And then I had to get on a boat, which left at 10.50 <laughs> p.m., and drive back home. That's and I right. got home about 2.30, wake up for a church gig at Ooh. 7 in the morning. Oh, man. So you just was, feel like subbing that one out? I, <laughs> I In retro, 2020 yeah, hindsight, yeah, yeah. retrospect, whatever. But, like, arranging, on the, arranging someone else's arrangements is 
that's like well, yeah for like I, if I there's anybody that can do it it's you Jay. Yeah. I, I i unfortunately did quite a bit of it well i always hate doing that as a band too oh a with a bunch time. of people's yeah, opinions yeah exactly. everybody's got one yeah. it's just yeah. like just like assholes yeah, yeah. 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 sorry it's uh, true yeah. yeah, it is true. Well, you're going to be really disappointed with tonight's rehearsal because oh, we're going for yeah. six hours. It's going to be oh, I'm, six hour I'm locking you in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah, that'll be that'll yeah. be awesome. There's no air conditioning either. Oh, I know. Yeah. It also smells. Oh, it also yeah. smells vaguely like beer and weed. Should, yeah, beer and weed. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. it's, it's the old Rainier Brewery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the okay. smell will never ever leave no, that it place. Smells like ever. Yeah. It smells like I can't even describe it. It's so pungent and it terrible. really is a funny smell. And yeah, that room is tiny, and uh, we're gonna be in a box with seven musicians. Yeah. Eight, I think. Well, no, we'll have six tonight. Oh, six. Oh, we're down a tenor. Yeah, yeah poor tenor. Player. Tenor player's got a kidney stone. Ugh. Brutal. Fucking we all hope to avoid those days. Yeah, drink some water. Drink, everyone yeah. drink your water. Yeah. And drink, don't drink you know, your pineapple like too like Oh, shit. 24 ounce steel reserve. Yeah. <laughs> We're definitely not drinking that right now. Once again, this episode brought to you by 211. Yeah, <laughs> one day that will actually be true. And we'll actually get to say that. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, um, I think if you don't have any rants that you thought of, I think. What do you think? I'm a happy dude right You're now. Happy that's, dude. that's awesome. That's yeah. great. You shouldn't even be on this podcast. I, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I didn't want to die. That's true. There you go. But um, I think that yeah. we can take it out from here. Yeah, yeah, so what you been listening to lately? Uh, in preparation for this episode, I listened to a bunch of classical stuff. I uh, put on John Luther Adams. We talked okay. about him. We put, mm-hmm. I put on Become Desert. They're recording with the Seattle mm-hmm. Symphony. Uh, I listened to just my – I have like this old – standard list of orchestral stuff I go back to all the time. But I want to bring special attention to Zoltan Coxis, the pianist, and his performance of Bartok's Three Piano Etudes, mm. which are most likely my favorite piano pieces of all time. Obviously, it's kind of hard to say that. But uh, there, it, they're though. just incredible. And his performance, these pieces are absolutely mind-bogglingly hard, obviously, because Bartok is yeah. a nutcase. But he performs every single note, like you were saying with that violin concerto earlier. Every it's complicated, I assume, mm-hmm. and but the attention to detail with every single tiny little articulation to art, accent this particular passage or yeah. whatever is perfect. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so yeah. I want to bring a special attention to that. To that. Yeah, mm-hmm. sounds good. Um, what about you, Matt? Uh, I did not listen to any classical music because I was getting drunk all week. <laughs> so, but. <laughs> In my times of drunkenness, I was really digging uh, Albert Eiler. Oh, lot, yeah, dude. Getting back into him. Were you doing uh, Spiritual Unity or what? Uh, this Live, the, Live at the Village Vanguard oh, yeah. is really cool, really cool recording. And, and has some classical elements to it, actually. It's kind of a, As much as you can say with free jazz. Yeah, <laughs> it's a weird record. They'll have these little, like, almost march things that they start the songs with, mm-hmm. and then it's just interesting like mayhem until they come back to it yeah it's a it's a it's a yeah, cool village one, yeah. vanguard one check it out check that out too how about i learn general yeah, yeah. it's just really mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. moving forward of jazz yeah, yeah. yeah uh what have you been Me? listening oh, to oh man does it have to be classical no, no you can i I'm did you just of, hear this yeah. guy yeah, yeah. Just I fucking free jazz. yeah. yeah. <laughs> good, good so there's precedent okay good <laughs> exactly it's why you're last i don't listen to a lot of classical music because i'm always playing it exactly you gotta get yourself yeah so i i sort of need some perspective but as most people know, I do like some Jamaican ska. Yeah, yes. And I'm not going to plug my own band. Oh, yeah. I'll do that. I think end, we've done that. All, yeah, yeah, I think a this has happened already. already. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> really happen, huh? yeah, I feel like you could just keep plugging. But <laughs> there is a record that I really like that's out right now by the Prize Fighters. Mm-hmm. And they're from uh, Minnesota. Oh, good. All the good ska yeah. comes from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. 
<laughs> pretty much. Yeah, they're a really great band, and they have a new record out called Firewalk that I've been listening to. Yeah, okay, cool. So cool. check that out. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you again for yeah, coming. Thank on. you so for much. having me. It's been again, fun. this was uh, this is Joe Kaufman, um, associate principal Correct. bass player Ooh. of the Seattle Symphony, <laughs> and uh, I'm Jake. I'm Matt. And this has been Music Sucks. And I want to die. And just remember, if you don't want to kill yourself, then you're not listening. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you.